0: Hey everybody, it's Chiara Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about more corruption. And dealing with the vast around the world of corruption. On the last episode, we talked about the corruption dealing in London with the apartment complex fire and stuff. So, um, we're going to be dealing with something a little bit more different. More corruption in the US More corruption around the world But first is motto time Hey, remember Rich people, poor people Poor people like rich Rich people like poor Think about that when it comes to tax time Just pay your bills Hey, don't rob Peter to pay Paul And remember Like my daddy always says Never quit your day job While conquering the world You can achieve all the dreams You want to do in life As long as you're able to Do those dreams Follow your dreams Put your dreams into reality Right Hey, also Remember Time is money, money is time, wasting time, you're just wasting my money. Hey, that's the way life is. Let's begin. As I said, we talked about what, what I talked about when it comes to corruption in the world and society and stuff. People dictate things that corruption comes in many vast forms and stuff. A lot of times corruption is underlying corruption that you don't understand and you don't know about when it comes to corruption. I'll give you an example. Um, in the U.S., the biggest corrupted person right now is... Is law enforcement. The next corruption we could say is federal government. That's the biggest corruption. But now there's another corruption that we can we can look at. That will be mainstream media. Um, the biggest corruption right now is mainstream media. How do I know that? Well, I, I will tell you. This is how I know the mainstream media is corrupt. Okay. Corruption is... Dis- is this deceptively decided one-sided basically what there's basically what it is is that here's here here's a good example the media will tell you one thing but in reality it will do another so like an example if one community is a high urban community let's say in high urban heavy high urban community area um, the, the, the media will say this is a crime-ridden, um, drug-infested neighborhood. But it could be just the neighborhood that's you know, down on its luck, lack of unemployment, lack of jobs. But the corruption part is, is that here's how the trick works. Let's say you live in a high-crime neighborhood area. Say the hood, we'll use that, or just high urban area. I go like that, high urban area. Or the red line, just if you're looking at real estate, the red line district. A red zone. That's a high crime area that, you know, for, you know, for, uh, property value. So what, what do most people do? They de- they lower the value of the property so that guess what people are doing? People are, <coughs> people are devaluating the property value and guess what they do doing? there. So they, so they lower the value. And then all these big, big time contractors come in. And they're going in and they're buying up all of this property and then they revamp the property and then jack up the prices. So they what they call it gentrification. And gentrifying the neighborhoods and stuff. And that's areas that are like that in almost every city and every and everything. Corrupted at its finest because you got these people that are city council members that are taking kickbacks and stuff. And you got inspectors that are taking paybacks and stuff. A good example, I I knew a guy who I knew a guy who had like four houses <coughs> In a high crime High crime urban area And he lived there and, and it was his house And he owned it And he owned four houses All four houses were on Were in the same street that he owned Like he had the, he had the corner house And then he had four other houses down He had four other houses that he owned And all four houses were well kept up to date and everything what they did was, what the city did was because they needed they wanted a a guy who wanted that neighborhood that street because he wanted to tear down the houses and he wanted to put up a business along there because it was right in a good location well the guy wouldn't sell because he said you're not making you're not offering me a lot you're not offering me enough money so he ended up going well you know well it's not it's not enough I need more than that. nah, my house is way more more than that. My house is not my house is not deplorable. So what the, con- what the, what the contractor did, he went, and paid the he paid a bunch of people off, paid the inspectors, paid the city council, They started zoning stuff. They raised his taxes, he paid them. They kept raising them. And then they finally said, well, we got to find something. So they sent inspectors out to see what was wrong. Like, oh, uh, your yard's not mowed. He oh, boom, got that mowed. Oh, uh, you got this dog in your house. You need to fix it. Boom, he got that fixed. Everything they said that was wrong with his houses, he got them all fixed. So what they kept doing is they bought up everything around him. But those, four, but those five houses. And they bought everybody else's house. They, they forced everybody else out. Either bought their houses or forced them out. So as soon as they forced him out and everything, everybody was like uh well, you know, he, he was still there. So what they did was they started then they rezoned the houses. And when they rezoned, that's when they took his property from him. They told him, "Yeah, we own the land. You own the houses, but we own the land." That's what they told him. "We own the land. You own the house." Didn't realize that his house was a corner house. And he was like, "No, I'm not selling," because he had something that they did not know he had, which is was he 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 was the original landowner of that property, so he had the key called the key the Keystone House. He had a key house, which is the property he never paid taxes. He never paid state taxes because his house and all the other four, and all the other four houses were all on the same land that he owned, because he bought the one house that had. The, he bought the he was the original landowner. It's been in his family for years. So he didn't have to pay taxes because he owned his land. He owned the land as well as the houses. Well, the city just assumed he just owned the houses. So they seized his house. Took everything from him. Seized him, put moved him out and everything. And the contractor moved in a bunch of business and stuff and everything. And then all of a sudden, he went to court. He went to court and he he sued him. And they were like, well, you have no law. he said, no, that's okay. They were like telling him why you need to go to court. The inspector, people were coming out there saying, you know, his council members were saying, you know, it is it is what it is. He said, well, if you say so, but I'm still going to go to court. It's, you know, he got a good lawyer. The lawyer he hired, the first lawyer he hired was his, he got a good lawyer, was his white lawyer who told him, he looked into it and said, um, um, I don't see you winning this lawsuit and stuff. He goes, well, fine. But I still, still want to go to court. I want my day in court. So he goes to court and the judge literally, he's literally said that it's no, no win. They had this big law firm who had all this paperwork from the contractor and stuff. So what he did was he sued the contractor, sued the city, sued the inspector. He had everybody who was involved, two them all. And they end up when he got to court. He goes, his lawyer, his first lawyer was like, "You're not gonna win, so I can't help you." So he turned around and he turned around and said, "Fine." So he turned around and hired. He found he found found a good lawyer. He found a, he found another lawyer who looked at the case and said, "Yeah, I can take it." because he started reading he says let me do some research yeah i can take it. we'll, we'll, we'll go to tr-. so they go to trial and everything and the whole um they said the whole thing they saw the whole evidence and stuff and they, he reviewed he said we could do it he turned around and as they went to court the lawyer presented everything in court everything in trial and presented everything in court and everything he turned around and said, here's what we're gonna do. The judges was like and the other lawyers was like, Your Honor, I don't know why we're here. This is not a case. He he's um uh, he doesn't uh, he just kept going Wow, well, well, Plaza, this is not what's gonna happen. This is nothing, this is nothing, I mean, whatever. He's just out for money because the city zoned the property and everything. The judge was like, okay, you know, and then his lawyer, his lawyer said, Your Honor, he said, the city the inspectors and the contractors forgot to fail forget failed to realize one thing they said and the judge was like what's that my client's the landowner. he says what do you mean yes he owns that land he didn't own the property he didn't own the houses as well as owning the houses he owned the land because that property his first the first house was the keystone house that was his property he owned that he has the deed to the land not the houses the land because he owned the land And everything around it, that whole that whole block area, that whole piece of block, that said that whole area is his property. He said the state was paying him, and he goes, "What?" And he pulled out this paperwork and all this stuff. Contrary to belief, it was his house. The city was so pissed off. The contractor was so mad. They already had a business on that property and everything. So now, the contractor had to give up that business all those businesses on that whole area they all had to they all had to give it up the buildings were done they all had to give all that up they had to move out now he owned all that he owned all those businesses over there all those buildings over there they they were his contractor lost in order for the contractor to get those businesses back they had to buy it back from him and they didn't have that money because they spent all that money building it so now he owns that oh yeah and the city they had to pay they had to pay oh yeah the inspector he lost his job oh yeah and he also got sued and so he ended up having to pay so he ended up paying out of his pocket his um his 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 state pension and stuff he didn't lost all that so the city had to pay for his mistake because he didn't do his homework yep that guy got paid Yes and he got paid Really well So what I'm telling you about that Is that corruption Doesn't necessarily has to be Dealing with maybe government It has to do with small things So be leery when it comes to Doing things like that I'm just telling you that Sometimes corruption can Can, can happen in a matter of things It don't matter That's just one case When I say That can be just one case And that's just something that you can understand that sometimes corruption works at its finest when people tend to put things in perspective. I'm just saying that because corruption can mean many, many multiple things. Oh, yeah. By the way, this podcast is sponsored by BlackBlueElectronica.com. For all your electronic needs, go to BlackBlueElectronica.com. Get all your electronica needs and anything that you ever need and everything that you always wanted to have. Go to BlackBlueElectronica.com and you can get it there. I mean, you need some, for a zombie apocalypse, you want to protect yourself in case of a doomsday prepper. That's for you. Get you stuff that you really need. You never know what happens. Sometimes it may be a rolling blackout and you might need a power charger or you may just need an extra cell phone. Or you might need an extra solar charger. I've just gotta gotta get prepared. Be prepared for everything. Alright? Now let's get back. Listen. I'm gonna cut this short right quick. But listen, when I talk to you about that when it comes to corruption, that just that's one systematic thing. And that actually happened. That's an actual story that actually happened because I was researching that. And it actually happened. That was a story about a guy who owned some property and it was a keystone. Now another case that you could actually look up. You can look up about a guy who owned land. He owned a bunch of land. I think it was Nevada or was it Wyoming. And he was a rancher. Federal government came on his property to take his land from him. And he'd been living there. His family's been living on this property since, since the building of that state. And they had put their stake in the ground and claimed this land. But the city... But the state decided, oh, no, it's our land now. And the federal government said, nope, that's our land. They said, you didn't pay taxes. Said, no, I own my land. I don't pay tax. I've been living here for years. This is our family's land. This is our ancestors' land. Same thing with Native Americans. I'm going to do a podcast on that one, too, about Native Americans and how the government robbed them from their land. We'll talk about that corruption on that, too, at its finest. But for that, that's just I just wanted to tell you something about that about how that is that's what you know you can look up you can look up so many cases of how people there's a lady there was a lady um, there was a lady that was in um, what was it Um, yeah the lady in Portland she lived in this one neighborhood and this one particular neighborhood in Portland it was a um, black urban high urban black neighborhood that got gentrified they forced her out of her house by raising her property tax to the point to where she could not afford her property tax to, and they end up forcing her out of her house con, I mean the contractors built all around her because she wouldn't sell and then when and when the, con, when, when the contractors were like that's an eyesore they just raised her property tax city raised her property tax to the point to where she had no choice but to sell and where, where can she live when, when tax when property taxes go up where do you go and the money that they offered her was, they devalued her property. They, they devalued her. They devalued the property. Her house was worth more than two hundred grand. They only gave her like $60,000. It was a, a two to $300,000 home, but they only gave her sixty grand Because they felt that's appreci- uh, an appreciated value. They said, you should have took the offer we gave you. The offer they gave her was $80,000. In the beginning, they offered it was $80,000. They said 60 and you dollars and that's what they gave her. And she had to, and it was, she had no choice. So she ended up taking that. She had no choice but to take it. And that was in Portland. And Portland is all gentrified. See, when they do this gentrification, they're doing it to every city, every urban city. You can look at you can go to Kansas City. in the urban area, they're gentrifying it. You can go to places like St. Louis, Chicago, Atlanta, Detroit, Cleveland and East Cle- East Cleveland. And Eastside Cleveland, like like 99 Sinclair And all them areas, they're gentrifying it Basically what they're doing is taking like taking like Quaint little shops and stuff And curio shops, antique shops and stuff And, and day spas And um, coffee houses And lattes and coffee houses And stuff like that Little shops like that And little small businesses and stuff Mom and pa business Quaint little shores and, and boutiques And bodegas and stuff like that They're putting them in there, making them nice and quaint making them making the place viable they're making it vibrant they're putting in business but jacking the prices up and then they're putting in these high rise high high expensive apartments and condos and lofts and stuff like that and everything like that is raising the prices raising everything up so it's getting to the point to where people can't afford to live there but live there you can look at um you can go to california and look at anaheim you can go, um, when I say about Anaheim, look at Anaheim, that's something by Disney. But where Disneyland is, where actually Disneyland, Disneyland is. It is so high there. People can't even afford to live in Disneyland. Can't even live around there. Oh, Outreducely high. And it's so expensive to live there. Then we can look at, if you go a little further in the state of California, go up north to the Bay Area. You know, in the in the Bay Area, it's so pricey that a that a studio apartment, let's say a kitchenette, you got you got a kitchenette, a studio, then a one bedroom, and then a two bedroom, and all so on and so on. No, you go like you got a you got a room for rent, you got a um, a a room for rent, a kitchenette, then um, a studio. One bedroom, two bedroom, and so forth. That's how it goes, like that. Room rent, like cause you don't own, you know, just a small room. Yeah, this one right here, a kitchenette. It's just like everything's in one room, and the bathroom and everything's all in one room. And those right there are going for like five grand kitchenettes. That's how big it is. studio apartments. Six, seven. I mean, it going like $3,500 $4,500 depending on location. Also, it's also location. Location is the key. And cost of living in um, the Bay Area, up in the Bay Area, is very expensive. People, um, in the, people like in um, Silicon Valley, the minimum wage in Silicon Valley of California is $16 an hour. Minimum wage is $16 bucks an hour. But the cost of living is outrageous. High. There are people that I know I read about a case where there's people that are actually, uh, that are actually living in um, a, a one-bedroom apartment Four people. They're taking the living room and splitting it off into little rooms, putting curtains up to make little cubicle rooms. Yeah. And then if someone and then they all rotate, who gets who gets the bedroom? See? When I say corruption, and then there's this massive exodus about how people are leaving the state of California because of the high cost of living. Companies and stuff are leaving. It's corruption at its finest. When they should be lowering When they should be lowering I mean here's it If you raise minimum wage You should lower The cost of living But no The cost of living is going up Minimum wage is going up How is that feasible? You know Well maybe we'll talk about that In one of our earlier podcasts One of my later podcasts We'll talk about that But for right now I just want to tell you about that Alright About about, about the difference and stuff But hey I appreciate each and every one of you out there I love each and every one of y'all out there You know Hey This is JR Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast. And catch me up on all my social media platforms. Hit me up on Instagram. MarineCookie6159. No. MarineCookie3381. Not 6159. 3381. What number is that one? Oh, never mind. It's 3381. Yeah, because that's my MOS. And you can also hit hit me up on Facebook at Kansas City Hood Sales and Yard Sales. Go there. Post whatever job offers you want or whatever business you want, or if you just want to leave a comment about my podcast, go there, Kansas City Hood Sales and Yard Sales on Facebook. If you're on Twitter, go to JRBell or tipzip357 at gmail.com right there on Twitter. Boom, click that in there. Boom, you'll find me. Leave a message there. I check it, I check it periodically. I'm not regularly checking it because I'm, I'm doing some other multiple things. Plus, I'm, I'm also doing my um, e-commerce business, so I'm checking that daily on my e-commerce business because that's what I'm mainly focusing on. My podcast, my e-commerce business, and I check my emails periodically. If I do get your message, it'll pop up, and I will respond to you as quick as I can. All right? Hey, thank you. I appreciate it for all you people out there. I love you. Hey, Bravo 6 is going dark.